Good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's episode of Black Project Gaming. Get read in at blackprojectgaming.com. I'm Vince, returning as your host and handler for this evening's session. Tonight, we continue our playthrough of Music from a Darkened Room, a scenario written for the Delta Green role-playing game by Dennis Detwiller. For more information on Delta Green, please visit delta-green.com. Joining me are Brett as AFOSI Special Agent Lukash Honey, Cami as Dr. Josephine McCarthy, Doug as Victor Mikhailov, Jack as Dr. Emily Mraz, and Sonia as Deputy U.S. Marshal Sarah Shockervorty. Before we begin, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our most recent patrons for helping us reach $25 out of our $120 goal. These patrons are Jonah Criswell and, I apologize if I absolutely butcher the pronunciation, Bjorn Morin. Thank you for your generous support and for joining us on this endeavor. We hope you prove worthy of your invaluable contributions. For more information on our Patreon, including the various rewards available, please check out patreon.com slash blackprojectgaming. Now, on to the recap. In our last episode, the agents of working group Jackdaw were left shaken by their experiences in the house at 1206 Spooner Avenue. They spent the evening trying to cope with everything they witnessed. Emily found herself some company, while Victor and Lukash proceeded to get staggeringly drunk. Sarah worked herself out to the point of exhaustion, and Joe was plagued by nightmares. The next day, the group split up to chase down more leads. Emily, Joe, and Lukash headed to the Meadowbrook Sparrow archives and dug up critical information on Isabel Wheeler and an old woman named Adele DiFatello. Isabel, who had been on the verge of succumbing to illness for years, made a miraculous recovery after DiFatello moved in with her. Further research revealed DiVitello had been fired from her job at a local sanitarium after she was alleged to have killed a cat and drank its blood. Meanwhile, Sarah and Victor successfully installed three CCTV cameras inside 1206 Spooner Avenue. They then used the rest of the afternoon to interview two nearby residents. One of those residents provided a wealth of information on Isabel Wheeler, Adele DiVitello, and the rumors surrounding them. Jack Dahl regrouped to discuss their findings and met with Elizabeth Tucker, a local antiques dealer and Delta Green friendly. Tucker agreed to help try and locate any items recovered from the Wheeler house and sold in previous estate sales. The team closed out the evening by interviewing local professor and parapsychologist Emil Yarrow, who appeared to know far less about the unnatural than he thought he did. After the group decided to rest for the evening, Sarah stayed up to ensure no one went to the house alone, only to catch Lukash driving off into the night. She and Victor gave chase, only to find Jack Dawes' newest addition outside the house in Spooner Avenue. Unable to muster the fortitude to enter the residence, an exhausted Lukash got back into his car just as Sarah and Victor arrived. While Lukash decided to spend another evening at the Meadowbrook Inn, Sarah and Victor remained behind to keep an eye on the house. Sarah later received a pleading phone call from Joe, who claimed she was trapped inside, prompting the deputy marshal to prepare to make entry. And that is where we will begin tonight's session. Okay, yeah, so I called the the, uh, the cab. Um, uh, as we wait for it, I am making sure to pack my pistol, my Glock, um, and uh, and I I didn't get a hold of the um, the ghost hunter guy, did I? Dr. Yarrow, no, you did not. Okay. Um, I'm going to try calling him again as we're getting ready. As you pick up your phone, you're getting a Phone call from a unknown number. Okay. Let's go to Whispers. All right. Ooh. Your phone rings and it is an unknown number. Okay. Uh, I answer. Uh, hello? Hello, Emily. Uh, 
I look around. Does Joe look like she's like watching me or paying attention? It looks like she's still getting her go bag ready. Okay. So I kind of like move a couple paces away, uh, like a couple feet away from her, just so that she's out of earshot. Hello. Your friends are here at the house. I turn back to Joe. Which ones? Sarah and Victor. I want them to come inside, Emily, but just them for now. Okay. Do you want us to come inside with you? With them? Not right now. I want you to go to the green box. Just wait. Okay. Tell Joe that Kranz asked you to. Look at Anton. Something to keep her busy. Yes. What? Who are you? Oh, I will reveal all soon, Emily. But when the time comes, you must kill them all. Are you prepared to do that? You've asked something of me, and I need something in return. Oh, Emily, I will unlock the secrets of this universe to you. I will reveal all. I will show you what you have so desperately wanted to know for so long. And you will join me. I'm going to the green box now. Good. I hang up. All right, Joe, so uh, Emily hangs up the phone. It's uh, Krantz. Krantz? We need to go back to the green box. What? He's asking us, well, not asking. He's telling us to go back to the green box. Something's there. All right. um, We should text the others. I'll pop open my phone. I'll I'll text... No, uh, just us. The Krantz will contact us when we're at the green box. He'll explain it every everything there. Um, I'll text. I'll, I'll text Sarah right now, and uh, I start to like pack up everything and just head out toward uh, uh, like outside of the hotel, waiting for the cab. Um, and as I'm doing so, I'm texting Sarah. Okay. Um, can I? Would it be like a human role? Because I Emily seems a little bit more distressed than I've usually seen her. Can I roll and see if there's something more to what just happened? Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll, I'll say do uh, let's do competing human roles. Uh, Emily to conceal if, if that's what you want to do. Joe to detect if that makes sense. Okay. You will probably beat me. Mine's not great. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, 28 out of 12. Yeah, 28 out of 12, okay. Yeah, it, even with a, with a failure. Um She's just her typical placid self. I mean, you're right. She does seem a little agitated, but there's been a lot going on. Oh, go ahead, Jack. I'd say too that my my brow's a little bit furrowed. Like like it's it's definitely distressed about this like kind of like out of the blue call from Krantz, but also like the urgency and like uh, also feeling like left out of not being able to go to the house. Like he's always kind of cagey with us. And this seems even more cagey, and the fact that he wants us to go to the green box and doesn't want us to go to the house seems kind of frustrating for her. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, But I'll text Sarah to... uh, that we're going to meet her there ASAP. uh, uh, Headed to the house, though. Krantz's orders. All right. Is this a group chat or a chat just between you and... I'm just, just, just between me and Sarah. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Say again what what exactly you sent to Sarah. 
Uh, I said, uh, Joe and I are meeting you all ASAP uh, at the house. Uh, per Krantz, you and Victor head inside. Ho ho. All Speaking right. of which, Sarah and Victor, what's the plan? You were getting out of the car. Yeah, I was getting out of the car. Um, I'm going to step in front of the house. Do I hear anything? You don't. What are we doing here? Got a call from Joe, remember? Joe is at house? The call said, but it was a blocked number. Fucking. Um, I'm going to check my phone again. Am I getting anything? No. Nothing. Okay. Um, in fact, your battery is, looks like your phone is pr- pretty close to dead at this point. That's weird. That's weird. All right. This is a new phone. <laughs> um, Can I connect to the cameras that are inside the house? Sure. Yeah, you can give it a shot. I mean, um, yeah, so they, they would be Bluetooth, so they would have range, but probably like if we're right in front of the house. So when you try to connect to the Bluetooth, um, you keep getting connection errors. And with your experience and your knowledge of this hardware, that means the cameras on the inside are probably dead. Okay. Um, how's my how's my phone doing? It's uh, about 4%. Okay. Um, it, this makes no sense. I, <laughs> I mean, you are going on with the electronics. Maybe you do. I, I, I charge my phone. No, my phone is new. It should not be dead now. I charged it this morning. Is anyone else on? Do we see any of the houses with lights on? Any other house? Uh, what, you mean like neighbors? Yeah, neighbors. Uh, no, not at this hour. And considering the age of some of the residents, especially the ones you talk to at this point, like you, there's porch lights, but that's about it. Okay. Um, um... That was Marianne had was like seemed the nicest, right? When she lived alone, uh, she, it was uh, Marianne and it was uh, Lucas Dreyer. Yep, and yeah, they, were both, they were both pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Marianne was younger than Lucas, and because Lu- Lucas lived with the nursing aide, she might be less pissed than I'm waking her in the middle of the night. Let's go. Old man is more likely to be up in the middle of night. Uh, take it from me. The old man. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's a common problem for old men. Mm. But, like, would he be able to get up and ha- go get to the door? Ah, maybe not. Because Marianne is actually able to move. Ah, okay. He needed help. Okay. We could try to ring the doorbell on Marianne's door. Uh, we were just trying to phone a friend. We were in the na- we were trying to meet up with someone here, but then we didn't. We couldn't get a hold of them, and our phones are dying and dead and not working. That's our story. We have story now. <laughs> we are okay. exchange students, remember? Ah, yes, right. I'm forgetting these things. Mm-hmm. So you're going to Marianne's house to yeah. ask to use her phone? Yes, ask to use her landline. Okay, uh, so I'm guessing you just go up to the door and knock? Or doorbell, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, it, take, it takes a few minutes, but eventually you hear somebody shuffling uh, behind the door and you hear Marianne's voice call. Who is it? I'm going to call the police. Hi, Marianne. I'm sorry. This is Arya. It's just we're, we, we were trying to meet up with some friends, and then they never showed up, and I just want to call them to make sure they're okay. Could we use your landline? It's, it's after midnight, dear. What are you all doing out so late? 
<laughs> we are exchange students. It was, sorry, they were having a bit of a, I'm the designated driver, they were having a bit of a, let's go look at the house and everything, and it's kind of not funny anymore. I'm so sorry. Roll persuade. Uh-huh. No, it's a fumble. She's, yeah, with a 77 out of 40. You hear Marianne say, Ma'am, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave or I will call the police. Don't call police. They know nothing. Sorry, sorry for going. And and Sarah will back up from the door. Okay. Um, what about Joe? You say she's in there. I don't know if she is or not. She isn't supposed to be. She wasn't awake when I left. When both of us left. Well, she was. She hadn't left the hotel by the time we had left. Luke Ash had gone first. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is when we're at the car. Is you? You're a good driver. You you drive good. She's not so good. How did she beat us to house? Precisely. Where is her car? We only had two cars. Is her car is not here? No. Maybe she take over. Maybe but it would take at least as long, if not longer, to get here from the hotel, especially if she left after us. And we've been here this entire time. I think Victor's going to start walking towards the house. Where are you going? I I am Czech. I walk towards the the house, and um, I bang on the front door. And I say, Joe! Joe, is Victor. Is everything okay? You're nothing. He's not Joel. We're going back to the hotel then. Okay. But, uh, okay. What do you, uh, anything else? Do you think? Well, I was just remembering that Emily sent you a text. But, but like, I, I haven't that. gotten it. Yeah. Because the signal's nothing. There's no signal. Oh, you never even got the text? No. Oh, I misunderstood. I thought that you got the text and tried to respond back. Okay. Never mind. So yeah, I, can, I, did, I never got the text, right? Because there is no signal. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be heading back to the hotel. Okay. Yeah, you uh, pile into your car and take off. Yep. Uh, Victor, keep trying to see if you get signal on your phone. I'm like hold, holding my phone up and waving it around in the car. And when you get about a mile, a mile and a half away from the house, your, your signal kicks back in. Your battery is still close to dead, but you've got a signal now. Call Joe. Uh, okay. Dial the number. Joe, your phone rings. And you can clearly see it's Victor's number. All right, I'll pick it up. Hello, Joe. Are you inside house? No. It's Victor. I figured. I'm not inside the house, no. Why? I, um, wait. Why do you think she is inside house? Because we got a call that she said she said she was inside the house. Oh, by the you, way, I I need you both to roll sanity, please. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh, fifteen out of seventy-seven for for Sarah and a oh, so, ooh, Victor. Oh, no. a sixty-nine Victor. out of fifty-seven. Sarah, we use one sand. Victor, I need you to roll one d four, please. Okay. That's a three. Damn it, man! You lose three sanity as you realize that. The voice you heard on the other end of that phone, it was Joe, but how can it be Joe when you're talking to Joe now? It's not adding up, and it's 
with your your alcohol addled mind you're just trying to make sense of how that could possibly be and and synapses aren't firing neurons aren't connecting it's just it's it's making no sense and and your 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 brain that is just imprisoned by logic and you just can't make that connection and it's stressing you the fuck out uh, uh this whole fucking thing is going to shit i'm going back to san diego in the morning um Victor, did you get? Shit, you got Joe. I should not have said something. Victor, what? Are you okay? <sighs> Fuck this shit, man! This what? Is Joe still on the line? Oh, Joe! Yes, uh, Joe. Uh, where's Lukas? I don't know. I'm with Emily. Where are you? Where are you? We are heading to the Green Box. Michael from Krantz saying we need to go there now. I they they are heading to. This is crazy. I put you on spoke speakerphone. I put them on speakerphone. Wait, why are you heading to the green box? Uh, we received a call from Krantz. He asked the both of us to go pick up something from there. Have you been at the hotel before then the entire time? Yes, we didn't leave. Okay. He did ask for you two to head into uh, into the house. Just check out everything. Oh, Karen says go. I don't think we should do that. Why not? Because he's very drunk. Krantz isn't drunk. Victor no, is. No, Victor is very drunk. Well, then, uh, you have guns, don't you? I left all the shotguns in the other car, and Lukash took that one. Well, get a hold of Lukash, meet him at the house, and get him inside. Are you sure Krantz told us to go in the house? I know what Krantz's voice sounds like, and it was very uh, sh- short and brief with me. He made... Well, if they just got was... a call from me that wasn't from me, should we be careful here? Yeah. You could have gotten a call from Krantz that wasn't Krantz. But we're not, we're not close to the house. How close were you to the house when you got the call? We were near the house. Yes, and have you been trying to get in touch with us? Yeah. And the, I sent and that text uh, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and I just got it. So that's what I'm saying, is is there's probably some electrical, electronic disturbance that the house is radiating. I I don't know what, I've, but if well, you're I, able to contact me and it's it's us, it, and I kind of look to Joe like, like what is she talking? Sort of like that kind of like glance of like, Sarah is kind of crazy, but also realizing that we're in this really crazy uh, organization. So what she's saying is probably true, but it's still kind of unbelievable. Um, but this is this this is us. So I, I I'm inclined to believe that it's it's Kranz who's contacting us and not uh, whatever contacted you. Well, we're in the field, and in the in the field, agents make the best decisions for the time. And I don't think we should be going anywhere alone. And uh, Victor. Take my take my phone and text Lukash. We'll get get. Uh, we aren't going to the house anyway, so at least get Lukash. Go get the guns and then head into the house. We're not going to the house. We'll we'll meet you at the house then. But go get those guns. Go get Lukash. Why are you so insistent about going to the house? Even if Krantz says otherwise, he's not in the field. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what hell is confusing the rest of us. I'm not trying to incur any more of his bullshit. That's why. What we have a job to do. Let's to do you? it. We'll meet you at the house. I hang up. And yes, I did hang up Joe's phone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's here. And I hand it back to you, Joe. Lukash, what are you doing right now? 
Lukash is getting blackout drunk at that bar. Okay. He is working his way through a couple of shots of bourbon. Well, Sarah's going to pull over and call Lukash. Okay. Lukash? Maybe he will answer it, but, but, but like, tersely. Yeah. What? Where are you? Where do you think? I really, really don't know. There's only one place to go here. Are you drunk? Yeah. I put it on speakerphone. Look, guys, uh, he's crazy. We went to a house. Nothing happened. Mm. We didn't go in the house. Where Where did you guys get shit, shit face drunk last time? The Meadowbrook Inn? Today, yeah, Meadowbrook like, Inn. Turn, turn left at stop sign. Okay. Turning, getting out, pull, getting back I'll, on the road and pull. I'll turning. give her directions as best as I can to the Meadowbrook Inn. Okay. We are coming, Lukash. Buy, buy me double bourbon. You can buy yourself when you get here, Victor. Okay. Lukash hangs up the phone. Yeah. All right. Uh, Emily and Joe, you arrive at the Meadowbrook store where the green box was located and the uh, the main office is locked up tight. It's dark. Uh, there is, of course... Uh, lighting around the facility to ensure you know that people can see their units and access them safely in, in the dark. But uh, you're able to go and uh, get in and drive straight to your to your unit. Okay. Um, Joe, quick question: uh, Do you have a gun? No. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, do you know the code to get in, <laughs> or do we have a key? You would have been you would have uh, been given the key when you paid the bill, the uh, outstanding okay. balance. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might right. have the key because I paid it. Roll luck to see uh, if you have the key. Uh, Emily or, or Joe or? Either Emily or Joe. Whoever wants to take it. It's... Uh, Joe, I'll let you roll. Oh boy, okay. You have the key. Yes. Hey. See, I believed in you. Yeah, it was 24 out of 100 because uh, you rolled under. You, you happened to have the key. Yeah, here it um, is. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll let you open up the, the green box. I'm actually just kind of taking point uh, just because I'm a little on edge after the call with Krantz and I'm kind of like, uh, I've got my gun not out-out, but just kind of like, you know, uh, accessible and kind of like checking things out to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm alert and that there's nothing, you know, sketchy. Uh, yeah, I open it up. The door slides open and uh, everything is pretty much how you left it. Um with the, of course, the centerpiece being the dirt-covered, decades-old coffin uh, towards the back wall. I'm going to turn on flashlight, assuming we have one, <laughs> and just kind of look around very cautiously, seeing if anything pops out as having been disturbed or important. Did Krant say what exactly he wanted us to grab? No, he said it had something to do with the coffin that we'd found. Uh, and, uh... I'm sort of kind of taking points and just kind of like, um, kind of like, I've still got, I've got my gun drawn out now. Um, but I'm still kind of like looking out, uh, out into the, what's it called? Like that, not the alley, but the, 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 the driveway, the driveways. Yeah. Uh, he said it had something to do with the coffin. Yeah. Then she'll focus her attention on the coffin. Not going to touch it. Just going to walk up to it and see if, I don't know if there's anything different about it. Okay. 
Uh, make a make an alertness roll. I'm also keeping my yes. aim up. Yeah, 14 out of 24. Um, Emily's turning towards you with that gun. Emily, put the gun down. So I had my aim up, and I'm going to go fire. <laughs> knew it. I and knew it. That, I knew it. I'm so 20%. mad that Joe hasn't suspected you before. I'm sorry. So, uh, Emily, what is your dexterity? Uh, my dex is 10. Joe, what is yours? My dex is a 9. So Emily gets to go first, but Joe, you can roll a dodge to see if you can get to cover. There is cover around. Okay. So Ooh. even with the twenty percent, that's uh, that's a fail. With a sixty-seven out of thirty-five on that Glock on on that that firearms check, um, you pull the trigger and you don't know what it is, but just your 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 sights are not aligned and your shot doesn't find its target. I would say that there's like some definite apprehension, but even bordering on confusion in her eyes. All right, Joe, what are you doing? Okay. okay. So I can either run or attack, correct? Yeah, you can you can attack. You can try to close the distance and grapple her. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to get that gun away from her. Okay, go ahead and roll a unarmed. Okay. Unarmed. This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened. Oh, oh damn. Oh. With a with a fifty eight out of forty. Um yeah, you just can't get your arms around her. She's she's moving. Emily, drop the gun. What are you doing? Uh, I can't. Yeah, with a with a seventy out of thirty five, um, she's just so close at this point. Yeah, um, she manages to get to kind of get under your your line of sight. Um, at this point, can I roll something to kind of like get myself back into like a less hysterical place? Like, because like this is affecting this is due to sort of my disorder. So I'm like, yep. What would I roll to to get back into like sanity mode? I guess. So we'll we'll say it's almost like we'll use it like repressing insanity. So what you can do is you may be uh, attempt to repress uh, your acute disorder by spending willpower points. So roll one d four. Okay. Three. So reduce your willpower by that much. Okay. And. Pick a bond and reduce it by that much. Gee, I wonder which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and how, uh, reduce it by three? By three, yep. Okay. And then now you will make a sanity roll. Okay. Damn, 39 out of 26. Yeah, you are unable to suppress it. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> uh, so I, you get another turn, Joe? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, there's no one else here. We took a cab here, so like, where the hell am I going to go? So I'm just going to keep trying to take the gun from her. Okay, uh, so there is a disarm option. It's just another unarmed attack roll. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, 59 out of 40. Uh, you've been in a situation like this before, and you can remember that panic that you felt, but you can't remember the details. And you, you hearken back to that night, that this whole mess started and fighting for your life. And here you are again, fighting for your life. And you are in full blown survival mode at this point. All right, Emily. Um, uh, I'm just going to go shit, shoot again. Okay. Fuck. 
Third shot. Your your ears are ringing, and you're you'll be lucky if your eardrums aren't blown out because the sound of a of a gunshot, even a pistol, in this confined concrete space is just absolutely deafening. Um, you just you you can't you can't. F- with the darkness and her moving around and just trying to get close, it's just not working. Yeah, I'd say too that um, with those kind of like flashes uh, from the, the gun, you, you you would be able to see like her eyes are just kind of like teared up and full of like this uh, swelling of emotion. Yeah. How um, remote is like the storage facility? Like, are we out in the middle of nowhere, or is it reasonable that other people have heard these gunshots by now? Oh, it is entirely reasonable that people have heard these gunshots and the police are probably on the way. All right, then she's just hoping someone's going to get here soon and she's just going to keep trying to take that gun. Okay. Not even talking anymore, just absolutely desperate to get that gun from her. Yep. Yes! Nice! <laughs> with, a cr- with a critical success, Joe, with an 11 out of 40, you vaguely remember some details of some self-defense class you may have taken once upon a time, but you manage to get the webbing of your hand up underneath the barrel of the pistol and you raise it high, as high as you possibly can, higher than you probably think you could have ever reached, and you jerk it down to the point where the the grip of the Glock buries into the back of Emily's hand and she gives an involuntary shout of pain as you rip that pistol out of her grip and you now clutch it in your hands. Get on the ground, now. And with a critical success, I say you have an opportunity to shoot if you want to. Not shooting, just aiming it at her, telling her to get on the ground, hands in the air. Um, I'm going to attempt to pin her. Okay, go ahead, roll unarmed. Oh my god, now of course we're both succeeding. <laughs> with a 6 out of 40, yeah, she is She's pinned. Uh, you wrap your arms around her and drive her into the back wall. Uh, so I kind of like... Uh, linebacker style, kind of like bum rush her into like her gut and uh, push her down onto the ground and just kind of like pressing my knees onto her upper arms or biceps and like holding them onto the, holding her down onto the floor. Now, Joe, you have the opportunity to escape, which is either you roll a strength times five or an unarmed combat, whichever is better. Alright, my strength is a little bit better. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, with a seven out of five. Um, And you rolled higher, so you escape. Uh, you manage to get your your hand underneath her jaw and you push up and push her back and you manage to get out of her grasp. I'm going for her again. Okay. Sorry. How long is this taking? This is seconds. This Jesus. has been maybe a minute or two. Yeah. Um, Is the gun still in her hand or did it come out? It is still in her hand. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and... Cause, yeah, because he did not disarm her. Yeah, I'm going to try and pin her again. Okay. I do not. 52 out of 40. No, you you go, and she just steps to the side. Joe. Okay, so at this point, um, I don't have, like, firearm training, I don't think. There should be a baseline skill. Just for firearms? All right, so you got a straight 20%, so just roll a D100. Okay. Nope. 46 out of 20. Yeah, you pulled it. You you, you are the, with the adrenaline pumping through your system and having, having never really handled or trained with a firearm before. You just drop that trigger and it, it it impacts the cement floor to the left of Emily, uh, but does no damage. 
Um, how much? How much? How many rounds are in a uh, in a Glock ninety-nine millimeter? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, just making yeah. sure. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and try and pin her again. Roll. I don't do it. Fifty-eight out of forty. Yeah, nothing happens at this point. The the survival instinct is kicking in, and she's just moving. Okay. Joe. Yeah, at this point, I'm just gonna run, taking the gun with me, running, and whenever I have the opportunity to, I'm calling whoever probably Sarah pops up on my phone first. Yeah. Uh, you run and Emily, she blasts past you, uh, running out of the, running out of the uh, storage container. Okay. Uh, would I have to use my action to run after her or could I attempt to grapple her while she's running or how would I spend my turn? You would have to chase after her. Okay. So I'll give chase. So at this point, if you guys are running, uh, I'll need you both to make competing athletics rolls. All right. Um, 15. 15 out of 30, that's success, okay. Nine. Nine out of 31, yep. So, um, oh, the success is whoever rolled higher. Uh, so since I'm caught up with her, uh, can I pin her again? Well, that was your turn, was, okay. to, was to pursue. So, uh, Joe, you've got, you've got a turn now. So theoretically, I could just keep running. You could, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just going to keep running then. You do hear sirens, though. Perfect. Running towards the sirens. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm running after her. All right. Let me get those competing athletics rolls again. Ooh, nope. An 80 out of 30 for Emily and an 87 out of 31 for Joe. Uh, Because you rolled lower, Emily, you catch up to her. Okay. I'm still running, though. Yeah. I'm just going to keep running. Okay. Well, at this point, yeah, Emily, you can you can you can attempt to grapple her, pin her, whatever. Okay, I'm gonna do that then. Okay, go ahead and roll. With a with a 44 out of 40, she trips and falls and loses her footing and ends up face first on the pavement. No, I'm gonna keep running. Okay, you see two patrol cars speeding down the street towards you, um, lights and sirens blaring in the the early morning hours, and you throw your hands up and. They screech to a stop in front of you. I drop the gun, put my hands up, kind of keeping an eye on Emily, making sure I don't have to like start booking it again if she gets back up. Yeah, uh, you, you put the gun down and immediately the doors fly open. You've got a spotlight in your face, uh, one of the side-mounted spotlights on the side of the, the patrol cruiser. The cop gets out and orders you down onto the ground, shouting at the top of his lungs, down on your ground, hands in the air, face down. And before you know it, cuffs are being placed on you uh, and you're brought into a seated position as the other car goes to get Emily and Emily. So I will go ahead. Uh, like, are they approaching me or are they? Uh... Oh, they are approaching you with guns out, telling you to stay where you are, to keep your hands out to your sides with your palms up. Um, I will get down on my knees, put my heads, hands behind my head, and I will say she's, she attacked me. She tried to attack me. Bitch. She's got the gun with her. Joe's telling her side of the story as well to the cops when she's in the car, too. So they're going to have competing stories here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I, I roll persuade with the cop just like to to give it like because I am saying that she tried to attack me. She has a gun. Please, you have to help me. We'll get to that. OK. Um, okay. Yeah. So for now, uh, the police officers, the the two different patrols, they both cuff you. They search you. They take your belongings and they put you in the back of the patrol vehicle, your respective patrol vehicles, and they separately drive you to the Meadowbrook Police Department. And 
with that, we'll pick up with Sarah and Victor. What are y'all doing? Go into the Meadowbrook Inn to get Lukash and try to find, go to the green box after. Okay. I'd be, yeah, I mean, I would try to transfer the, my, or take the other car, actually. Okay. Well, you pull up and uh, you do see the other rental vehicle there. And of course, Lukash is inside. Yeah, I'll head in. All right, Lukash, yep. you look up and Sarah and Victor are heading in. Yeah, I think uh, when Victor comes in the door, he uh, looks at the bartender and says, uh, two, please, Bur- bourbon, bourbon. Uh, you're giving that to go, right? They have drinks to go here? Okay. You can't get a double bourbon to go, Sarah. Well, then down have you it. been in a bar before? I've, I've been in a bar. I don't, us- I don't usually drink. Salute. And I just toss it back. Why the hell not? Because I don't like how it makes me feel. Uh, Lukash kind of picks up his drink and salutes her and goes, well, teach their own, I guess. Yeah. Can we go and check on Joe and Emily? Where are we going? The green box. Why the fuck are we going to the green box at 12 o'clock? I don't know. Kranz said, Emily said that Kranz called her and told her and Joe to go to the green box and us to go to the house. I'm not going to the house. I'm not taking anyone to the house. But I want to see how Joe and Emily are. I'm not going to that fucking house. Yeah, I'm not going to that house. You know Emily's a liar, right? Uh, yeah, I know she's a liar. Which is why I'm not going to the house. She's got nice hair, though. Sometimes the worst things come in the prettiest packages. Uh, Lukash laughs a lot at that. Uh, and finishes her drink and salutes her. Alright, I'm getting them out of the bar and into the car. Why are we doing this just because Grants wants us to? What, there's nothing that we could do at 12 o'clock at night. I know, I'm not going there for Krantz, I'm going there for Joe. Alright. Alright. Uh, Lukash is reluctant, but he will, like, after a little more cajoling, will eventually kind of stumble his way up and head. Okay. Yeah, so we head towards the green box after that. You are not going to believe this shit we heard, saw, tonight. Phone. Yeah. yeah. Heard. Phone. Heard. Yeah. Yep. Mm. What are you talking about? It's crazy. It was voice. Sounded exactly like Joe. Duh, yeah, sounded wait, exactly you, wait, like... Wait, wait, what do you mean? Well, we were... We followed you to the house to make sure you didn't actually go in. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. We waited there to make sure anyone else wouldn't go in. And then we got a call from a block number, and it was Joe's voice. So Joe called you? No. I don't think it was Joe. Because as soon as we got a mile away from the house, our signal came back and Joe was going to the Green Rocks with Emily. Uh, Vince, I'm going to go ahead and make myself a sanity roll. Yeah, go for it. And look, my phone is dead. <laughs> Mine's getting there. It's at like 3%. That is a failure. Yeah, 56 out of 31. See, lose one. Uh, he like lock. He like locks up. Um, and looks out the window. Do you want your disorder to trigger with that, Lukash? I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. Uh, as you look out the window, all of a sudden that familiar ringing comes back until it seems to just grow louder and louder until it blocks everything else out, and then just absolute never-ending silence. 
Um, he's gonna, like, lean his head against the window, uh, and he's staring out at the road, but you see that he starts to kind of, like, knock his head against the window a little bit, but, like, progressively more aggressively. So it's, like, a little tap, and then a tap, and then a tap, uh, and it's getting, like, more and more intense. When it gets really hard, and Sarah's gonna be like, Lukash, and he's gonna shake his, shake his shoulder. Uh, he slaps your hand away, but doesn't, um, doesn't look at you. Lukash. He doesn't respond when you just speak to him. Is he still tapping his, banging his head against the window now? Yeah, progress is still progressively more um, violently. I, okay, I can't drive into this. I pull over and I like make sure he's not braining himself against the window. Lukash, what's wrong? I like have him by the shoulders and I'm shaking him a little bit. I can see he's actually um, crying um, quite a bit, but he's not responding when you speak to him. Okay, well, do I have anything in my everything to that can like snap someone out of this psychotherapy would be the only real thing that could that could address that i i take out a xanax and i uh offer it to him uh he's like he's like having a full like a full-on like moment like he's not he's not responding to you like like a person but he's making like wounded animal noises and trying to keep bashing his head again i'm gonna get out a water bottle filled with water I'm just gonna um, try to basically splash his face, splash his face with it, make it, make it, try to shock him out of this. Okay. Because I got nothing in psychotherapy. This is not my, this is not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Would you think like cold water? I think that might be enough to like. Or would you want? Do you want me to make a roll or something? Else? Yeah, if, if you would like, uh, make another sanity roll. Oh hey, thank the yeah. Lord. With a ten out of thirty, you snap out of it uh, slowly. That that almost overwhelming silence is replaced by the ringing again until it slowly subsides and you hear Sarah saying your name over and over again. Uh, and if you were, like, physically trying to hold him back at all from, like, bashing his head into the window, yeah. uh, he would stop fighting you now, and he's actually going to turn into your shoulder and kind of, like, bury his head into your shoulder, uh, and he weeps for a little bit. Sarah looks at Victor. She doesn't know what to do. Victor just holds out the Xanax. Uh, looks like you need this more than me, brother. Yeah, Lukash takes it without hesitation. And it does the trick. Takes the edge off. Yeah, he'll take a couple of deep breaths and just, like, wipe the backs of his hands or the heels of his hands uh, under his eyes to kind of try and uh, get some of the tears off his face and do that kind of, like, back of the wrist under the nose thing when you're all snotty after having a big hard cry. Are you back with us now? As much as ever, I guess. Have I seen anything like that before? Especially in my days with the, um... You mean with, like, uh, a, a break like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've seen it before in, in combat with mm -hmm. individuals who maybe weren't as adapted to violence as you were, who just broke in the middle of a firefight. Uh, but, yeah, you've seen it then, and you've seen it since you've been with the program. You know, how yeah. some people just fugue out in the middle of... A stressful situation it's you're becoming a little too familiar with it for your liking okay what triggered that um can we just do the thing that we're supposed to do please i don't later we're going to have to talk about this he turns away from me yeah i'll go to the we're going heading towards the green box and when you all arrive you are shocked 
to see a number of police cruisers outside the Meadowbrook store it. And police tape across the gate, which stands open. And you see more cruisers down one of the driveways outside one of the storage units. And if you were to guess, it's it's in this vicinity of where you were when you explored Donnelly's green box. Okay, we're not stopping here. We're going to just move on. I wonder what she did. I'm going to, um, Victor, start calling. Is your phone still alive? Is my phone still alive? Uh, it is dead. Yeah, it's probably dead by now. Lukash will wordlessly just hand his phone over his shoulder. It's unlocked. There's no passcode or I will try and call Joe, and I assume that won't work. And I'll try and call um, Emily. Neither work. Yeah. Nothing. Um, wait. Uh, Sarah, give me your badge. I, I go ask uh, the police uh, <laughs> what happened. Um, you're drunk. Da, so? And you actually smell like alcohol. Da? I'll go ask what happened. Okay. That is better idea. I yeah. I will stay here and keep eye on Mr. Bangy Bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, um, we'll park a bit away and I'll walk up and ask, um... What's... So technically, I'm on a case... How I I would know how to use like my privileges and my badge to like get the information I need. Sure, yeah. But are you on a case though? I'm not sure. We're just investigating Donnelly. Yeah. Okay, so this is off the books, but we're just he was like a friend of a friend who wanted to know what happened to him. That's up to you. You can either you you can either try to sell like an official case or you can sell like a side gig. It's up it's up to you. How long ago did Donnelly die? I believe it was two weeks before you guys started. Okay. I also think that like the the level of the crime, like it wasn't a murder, it was like an attempted murder and or assault. Um, I think you should be able to get the information from the police officers without too, too, too much, much of a hassle. hassle. Yeah, if you're just like, hey guys, I'm passing by, friend of a friend, whatever. Uh, what happened? Going on? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll be like, um, officers, is everything all right? And I show my badge. I'm like, um, I'm deputy, deputy marshal. And I was visiting a friend. What, what's going on? So you walk up, and and it's a, a female uniformed officer with the uh, with the badge and the patch for the Meadowbrook Police Department on her shoulder. Uh, she looks up, and you see her name tag. Her her silver name tag says A Morgan. Officer Morgan says, uh, "Yeah, it's the fucking damnedest thing. This uh, this." lady tried to kill this i think she's a fed or the fed tried to kill her i don't fucking know they arrested him they took him off to the precinct yeah we got this we got this covered oh that's really weird yeah this fucking town uh yeah not the weirdest thing you've seen evidently well shit i mean you could write a novel (laughs) yeah yeah all right well then have a good night officer yeah you too ma'am I'll head back to the car and I'm like, fuck, they got arrested. Someone was trying to kill one, either one. I bet you Emily tried to kill Joe. But I don't know why or what triggered her. I mean, yeah, it definitely wasn't the other way around. Joe wouldn't hurt a fly if she didn't have to. Fucking Emily. I knew we couldn't trust her. Okay. Um. Uh, so, uh, 
can we see the um like the area where the green box is does it appear that the police are like investigating it yes yeah i i was hoping there was a chance that maybe they didn't notice because that's really coffin. bad <laughs> that's really bad that's really bad god this is gonna be interesting well let's go do we want to go to the precinct or do we want to wait till the morning because they're going to keep them locked up until they get information i think going to precinct now would be a good idea do you want to sober up a bit uh okay maybe morning can i ask you a question me yeah yeah what are we gonna do when we get at the precinct yeah (gasps) I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do anything. Because it's going to be... Because from what I heard, it's going to be each other's words against each other. But Emily has her gun. I don't know. We don't know what happened. No, we don't. I mean, I think we all have a relatively good idea. But remember when I said that Emily was a liar? Mm Mm-hmm. She's a good one, too. Yeah, I know. This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a big problem. Um, Let's go back to the hotel then. We can't do anything now. We don't know what to do. We don't have a plan. So we go back to the hotel. Okay. Also, we need a system. If someone in a block number tries to call us and it's one of our voices, we need to know if it's actually us or not. That's not going to work. How do you know? If somebody calls you from a block number and it's one of us, throw your phone in the fucking lake. Then we just don't trust it if it's a block number. I mean, we should have, uh, like, sign counter sign, yes? Like, code word. That's not gonna work. No, but... Can I human Lukash? How does he know this? Yeah, sure. It's not great. Let's see. No. Uh, 49 to 21. He's just, he's too emotional right now. Okay, um... You could ask him. How do you know this... How do you know it won't work? None of your fucking business. How do you know it won't work, Lugash? Is the car moving? No, not right now. Okay, then he's gonna get out of the car and walk away. Alright. How far are we from the hotel? A few miles. Lugash, get back in the car. You can't walk to the hotel. Uh, he flips the bird over his shoulder. Keeps on walking. Alright, he's walking back to the hotel. Without his phone. Alright. That's one way to know if he's out there or not. Okay, um, so if somebody calls you or me, we say, uh, dog is barking. And what do we say back? It's howling at the moon. It's howling at the moon. Okay, good idea. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I could write that down somewhere. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I assume that, you know, while we're sitting here, Lukash is walking away. I say, just drive behind him for, you know, one minute he come back. All right. Let's be that kind of creep. Yeah, why not? Cruising behind him. I mean... Just making sure he's walking he towards right the home. hotel. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. 
So Lukash will just walk the whole way back to the hotel? He will indeed, as long as that takes. Okay. And I, Sarah, Victor, do you follow behind him the entire time? Not only for like the first few minutes, and then we'll drive back to the hotel. All right. Emily and Joe, you two are handcuffed in separate interview rooms in the Meadowbrook Police Department. I need you both to make sanity rolls, please. Sure. I would also like to say that uh, Emily has been beside herself by this uh, horrible turn of events and has just been weeping profusely. Uh, Sure. And she is just distraught. Yeah, with a 10 out of 26 for uh, Emily and a 36 out of 47 for Joe. Yeah, you both pass and you both uh, lose one just from the, the sheer violence and stress of the situation. Okay. Yeah, and for Joe, she's just almost looks like, I say probably in shock, where she's just not really emoting anything at all. She's answering the questions and she's cooperating, but there's just like, she's still trying to understand what the hell just happened. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was assuming like, you know, getting her into the car, getting her book, getting her, yep. like, doing what they tell her until they get her to sit down. Yeah, you all, like, all your personal belongings are seized. You are um, separated. You're booked. Your photos are taken. Your fingerprints are taken until you're finally led into these separate interview rooms. Um, But eventually, a uniformed man steps into the interview room with you, Joe. And he is probably in his early 40s. Close-cropped black hair. Probably was in shape at one point, but he's probably getting to that age and that time in his career where he's let himself go just just a bit enough to maybe soften up around the edges get some love handles that probably weren't there before uh bulge a little more in the middle uh but he still carries that air of authority and and that air of maybe not subject matter expertise but this is definitely a guy who knows what he's doing and he's been around a bit um and he wears the rank of the chief of police and you see the name uh m buffington on his name tag uh, above his uh, above his pocket on the opposite side from his badge. He pulls out the interview uh, room chair opposite you and sits down, and he, he uh, slides your civilian credentials, indicating that you're an employee with the FBI, across the table towards you. So, Dr. McCarthy, what brings you to Meadowbrook? We um, <clears throat> hear the request of a, a friend, Agent Donnelly, the recent death. We were here to just investigate on behalf of his family as a favor. And before we go too much farther, did the arresting officers advise you of your rights? Yes, they did. You don't want a lawyer? You have no problem talking to me? All right, now. All right. I'm good. Just wanted to get that on video. All right. So you're here uh, investigating for the Donnellys. Which Donnelly are you investigating for? Special Agent Arthur Donnelly. Sure, the decedent. The uh, suicide in the 1206 Spooner house. Yeah, um, his family asked that we look into something regarding it. Just, you know, people don't always want to think that a suicide is something that could happen. So we're just here as a favor. So, how did you end up in a storage container in my town getting shot at or shooting at some psychiatrist? with the coffin and the body of an eight-year-old boy in the back. Honestly, I don't fucking know. We, the storage unit, it, 
got the key. We were asked to look at it, so we did. I just found that fucking coffin there, and she started firing at me. I don't... I'm sorry, I'm still trying to catch up on what happened myself. How did you get the keys? Who did the container belong to? It was Agent Donnelly's. Okay. And you stepped inside to look around on behalf of the family, as you say. And this Dr. Mraz just started shooting. Yeah, I know how that sounds, but yes, I mean, I'm sure you've already checked for gun residue and you're going to check for prints and you'll see that hers are all over it. It's her gun. I got it from her out of self-defense. I shot once, I missed, and then I ran. And we verified that it was hers. First thing we checked was who it belonged to, and sure enough, she's got a concealed carry permit out of uh, Chicago. But uh, how do you two know each other? She doesn't look to be an FBI employee, not from what we can tell. What is she doing here? Why is she trying to kill you? Well, I can answer the first part, at least. She's a contractor. We were partners, how I thought we were. We were here together. Anybody else here in town with you? Yeah, there was a couple. A lot of people are sending to town for a suicide, for it to not be official. Well, if there's anything more than what I'm telling you, you'll understand that that's classified. We're just here investigating on behalf of the family. Roll Persuade. Cool. Come on, Joe. Not good at that. God, this is going to suck. Yes. Right on the dot. (laughs) Wow. With with a 21 out of 21. That classified bullshit will fly for now, and we'll continue this conversation, but you understand you're in my town now, and you're on my radar, and uh, if you're going to be tromping around my backyard, we need to come to some kind of understanding about what the fuck you're doing here. I think that's fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after what the fuck happened tonight, absolutely. I'm going to go have a few words with your friend, but you sit tight. We'll get those cuffs off. Can I get you anything? Coffee, water. Can I get that phone call? Yeah. I'll have one of the unis come by. He nods and he steps out. And uh, Emily, as you're sitting there, bawling your eyes out. I'm not bawling at this point. Like, I, okay. uh, I'm i I'm definitely looking like my my posture is kind of crumpled. There's My face is still wet with tears. Um, but I'm definitely, like, looking, uh, uh, looking beside myself. Okay. You hear a door close in the distance, and soon your door opens. And this uh, police chief Buffington walks in, sits down across from you. Dr. Moraz, how are you feeling? Shaken up, to be honest. I I don't know what to say. I I thought she was a friend. Uh, I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Dr. Moraz, you mind if I ask you a question? Yes, yes. First, before we go any further, the the officers advise you of your rights. Uh, yes, yes, they did. So you understand you have the right to remain silent? You don't have to talk to me without a lawyer present if you don't want to? Uh, yes, I do. All right, now that we got that on video, how long do you think I've been doing this job, Dr. Moraz? Uh, I'd say, uh, given your position, you've been, uh, you've been at this for a while. How many times do you think a pretty lady has come in here and turned on the crocodile tears trying to win me over? I'm sure I'm not the first, and I appreciate the compliment. 
Yeah, no, it's definitely not the first, Dr. Mraz. He won't be the last. I'm sure. So why don't we level with each other here? Is that fair? Think you can do that for me? Yeah. What happened in the storage container? Uh, I, uh... Um... Dr. McCarthy, Joe, uh, is, uh, was, is a friend and a partner. I was hired, uh, by her agency to help, uh, investigate, uh, 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 an apparent suicide. I was brought on, uh, as a psych expert, uh, and, uh, uh I was brought here to Meadowbrook from Chicago to, uh, investigate what was an apparent suicide and uh, she'd asked me to come with her to a green box that he apparently had owned and uh, was renting out for his demise and uh, Joe knew that I carried uh, on me I'm uh, uh, engaged to a police officer he's uh, he's taught me well to uh, keep myself protected and uh we got to the space. We found the coffin with the body uh, inside of it. And I don't know what came over her, but uh, she'd reached for the gun and pulled. Uh, she'd aimed, uh, fired a couple shots. I wrestled with her. I pulled it from her. I fired one as a warning. Uh, she managed to to th- throw me off and, and escape with my gun. Uh, I don't know what she intended to do with it. Uh, I'm sorry, I just... I, uh, I, this isn't a side I know of her, and I, I can't believe that I'm here for this. How many rounds did she fire, Dr. Moraes? She fired uh, at least two, if not three. There was another one that I had fired. And so this uh, inquest, you were a part of, it was official? Uh, apparently, again, I'm, I'm just an independent contractor. She's hired me for job, uh, brought me on uh, for different evaluations. I was brought uh, on this uh, due to my history with treating patients with uh, mental illness and particular uh, suicidal ideation. Uh, she thought, I could help uh, maybe uncover a motive, whether it's uh, his or through family. Uh, I, I, I'm, I still don't know. I don't know what, what went wrong. Okay. So that weapon wasn't issued to you. I'm sorry? That Glock 9mm, Glock 19 you carry, that was not issued to you by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. No, I carry it for protection. And were you aware that uh, New Jersey doesn't recognize Illinois concealed carry permits? Uh, I am not, but I will definitely take that up with my fiance, who should have uh, let me know before I went off uh, on a plane with it. We're looking at a uh, weapons charge, ma'am. You understand that, right? I'm trying. To, I'm struggling to grasp anything right now. Uh, tonight's been traumatic, so. Uh... <sighs> and what's a green box? Uh, the storage unit. The Meadowbrook store? Yes. Can't say I've ever heard of it. It's what she called it. She called it a green box? Yes. It's something you said earlier. You said Joe went for your gun. You yes. had it out? Uh, no, she knew where I kept it. 
And you weren't able to keep her from taking it from you. She's quick. She obviously got away uh, further than I did. With my gun, no less. Roll persuade at minus 20. What? Because he passed a human check with a two. 82. With an 82 at 84. He nods. All right, well, you all will be arraigned in the morning for a litany of charges, uh, some felonious, some not. So get comfortable. Uh, you need to make a phone call? I do. I'll have one of the unis take care of it. But, uh, sit tight. Some of the detectives will be by to talk to you later. Thank you. Can I... Some coffee? Sure. Thank you. He heads out. Joe, who do you call? Um, she's going to call Grams. Okay. Yeah, the phone rings. And uh very tired voice answers. Yeah. Dr. Mraz tried to murder me tonight. This is Dr. McCarthy, by the way. So we need to talk. What number is this? Not a secure one. Mother of God. Just giving you the heads up. It'll be all over the news. Where are you? Meadowbrook. Currently in an interview room. I'm sure Emily's in the next. PD picked you up? Yep. Alright. God damn it, She tried to kill me, Gramps. She's gonna try to talk her way out of this, but I need you to hear that from me first. She tried to kill me. Alright. Okay. Sit tight. Alright. He hangs up. Yep, I'll put the phone down. Emily, who do you call? Oh, I was calling Krantz, so he's gonna call. <laughs> I, knew <it>. I knew it. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, he's got another. He sounds a little more awake than you would expect for this hour. What do you call? Go. Uh, it's Doctor Moraz. What number are you calling from, Doctor Moraz? I'm being held at uh, Meadowbrook PD. For what? <sighs> it's Doctor McCarthy. She went for my gun at the green box. She went for your gun. Is this line secure? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just know that we're both being held here, and uh, I don't know. Do you know a lawyer? Uh, I know a few, but... Should have called one of them. And he hangs up. <laughs> She'll hang up. Mm-hmm. All right. You all are eventually taken out of your interview rooms and placed into separate holding cells for the night. And told that you will be likely arraigned in the morning. If not the next, if not the next morning, then the next day, once they had an opportunity to complete their investigation. But, um, question, would there have been an officer in the room with us when we were calling? No. Okay. So, uh, if the phone is still in there, I'd like to just give my lawyer a call and let him know. Sure. Yep. You, uh, you're able to get a hold of your lawyer and they will be out on the next flight. All right. So, uh, was there anything else you all wanted to do that evening? All right. So, I think we need to, um, we need to go through both Emily and, uh, Joe's rooms and make sure that there's not, nothing about this case or anything incriminating, incriminating at all. Yeah. We'll say you're able to get access to the rooms, no problem with your lock picking skill. Um, so Joe doesn't have anything incriminating. Uh, Emily does have a laptop, 
but uh, of course, it's password protected. Uh, I'm guessing you just snatch everything up that you can. Yeah. Yeah, you're able to clear everything out. Now, are we like? Is there any evidence that that puts us checking in together? That sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. All, you all checked in at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, we. But we did. Do we check in with different cards or? Yeah. So, so the methods of payment would have been different. Uh, okay. Either if you were using personal funds or you were using like a, a government credit card to, to pay for it. Uh, so, so the methods would have been different, but five people showed up into town all at the same time from other places. Got it. I, I, I think we should, um, we so should make we should sure we, we get rid of all of these things. Who, who has the notebook um, that we took from the. I think Lukash had it. He's a couple hours away on foot. <laughs> Now walking takes time. Wait, wait, what are the where are the shotguns? In the back of the car, currently in the um parking lot. Maybe we should go get those and get. You don't have the keys. I was driving. I do. No, no we don't have the keys. Yeah. No, we were driving your car. No, you weren't. You were driving. You, you showed up. You showed up in your own car. Yep. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you had yeah. the parking lot in the. My, um, in. I mean, I could try and break in. To his room or to the car? Oh, these rooms, these, this hotel is no problem, but car locks are deep. Yeah. It takes well, more time. Um, we could just find him on the way, grab him, and then say, like, we're not asking questions, we just need to clean up the mess. Yeah, whatever we need to do, I just, I think we should uh, make sure that uh, any evidence that might incriminate us is is gotten rid of. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to do that. We'll go go drive by on the route, most likely route he's taking a look for Lukash. Okay, so I'll I'll stash Emily's computer in my room for now. Okay. I guess. Yeah, probably best thing to do. Yeah, do you know how to... What's the word? Unlock a car without the keys? With his locksmith skill, he would. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, I mean, cars aren't terribly hard to unlock. Probably. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think a trunk lock would be super hard to pick. Well, I, I mean, the easiest way to do it would be going through the driver's side and just open it from the inside. Yeah, slim jim the window and then pop it. Yeah. Gotcha. So are you all going looking for Lukash? Yeah. Lukash, are you, um, are you just taking the most direct route back? Or are you kind of meandering? No, he's just walking down the road towards the hotel. Okay, yeah. Then you you all are, once you hop in your car, you're able to find him easily enough. Yeah. I'll roll down the window next to him and be like, we're not asking questions. We just need to do some cleanup. Can we either you hop in and, or we could you, could I get the keys to the car that you left at the Meadowbrook in? Next time I ask you to mind your business, are you going to do it? I was hoping we could have a conversation earlier. Evidently, that's not going to happen. So, yeah. I would like to know, but if that's if that's your only answer, then fine. He kind of just like nods, gets into the back of the car. Back to the Meadowbrook Inn. So uh, in the interest of uh, kind of just getting this all knocked out, let me know what all you would like to do with the remainder of the evening. So get into the car, get these shotguns, and then what's the next step? How do we dispose of them? Do we just- I think we just toss them off a bridge. 
I don't see why we need to get rid of the shotguns. Can't we just leave them in the back, in the trunk of the car? Somebody make a, so who's got the highest law rating out of you three? Not me. Not me. Uh, 34. So you have 34. What do you have, Sarah? I have a zero in law. Okay. Victor? Zero. Okay. Uh, Lukash, go ahead and just roll a law check. Ooh, Ooh. 94 and 34. Nope. Okay. He's really drunk. Yep. Yep. Uh, Disregard. So, okay. So you got the, so you got the shotguns you are going to, and you're trying to figure out how to get rid of them. Yeah. Is there, um, if you want to get rid of something, just throw it in a body of water, dragon lakes and rivers and shit is sucks. Yeah. There's bridge near here. I can also say like based with, with y'all's background, you know that nobody has any probable cause to search you guys at all. I was kind of thinking that. I was like, if we just leave them in the trunk of the car, like I think moving them around is a bad idea. Um, yeah. I just think just leave them in the trunk of the car. Uh, yeah, we're not going to attack them. We're not going to use them. We haven't done anything illegal yet. I did shoot my gun in a house one time, but nobody saw that, so it's fine. Yeah. And that might get pinned on Dr. Mraz at this point. Um. Yeah, we'll just leave them in the trunk of the car and get both cars back to the. Oh, we can't get both cars back. Then we'll just leave because neither of them are sober enough to drive a car. We'll get back to the hotel then. We'll leave the guns in that car and then I'll. Right, we'll get it back in the next day. Okay. Yeah. So you guys get back to the hotel. No issues. Uh, what's the plan? I rem- if I remember right, we were all wearing gloves when we went to the green box. Yep, Joe passed him out. Yep. She did. So we don't have fingerprints there. We should be clear. We just have to, make, we just have to figure out what we're going to do about, about Joe and about Dr. Mraz. And all this stuff in the green box. I mean, Krantz is going to fucking kill us. No, because we Donnelly committed suicide in the, in the house. He was obviously not of his right mind. We have the notes, which are the most important part. Besides, that doesn't have anything to do with us. Kranz isn't going to kill us. He's going to kill Dr. Mraz. That is, if he can get through the uh, the local police department to do so. I don't see why we have to do fucking anything. Let those cops do their job. We don't know Dr. Mraz nothing. No, I'm not saying about Dr. Mraz. I'm saying about Joe. I don't know her nothing either. We are going to get Joe back on. I don't know how, long, how, how we can do it, unfortunately. They're both going to get charged with something because if shot if shots were fired and someone tried to kill someone else, is there depending depending on uh, was there security cameras in the um Meadowbrook store? There were. They have security cameras. Shit. Okay, so they might have probable cause to start to like talk to us. They saw all of us. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> they're going to be very interested. They don't have cause to search us because we were not there. But they will be suspicious of us. Is there another hotel in town? You could probably find one. Maybe we should move operation. No, that's suspicious. Is this your guys' first rodeo? Have you never done this before? I mean... Yeah. You don't move hotels after an incident. That's suspicious. If they pull you in for questioning, don't answer any questions. You haven't done anything that they can pin on you. Man, make them suspicious, but they can't do jack shit about being. Don't talk. Don't do anything suspicious. You'll be fine. 
This is gonna suck. Yeah, it's really shitty. Yep. Um, then. Lugash, just keep the notes with the, close with you. Um, Victor, if you can, try to get into Dr. Mraz's computer when you're sober. Do now. Before she gets out. I... What what do we want with uh, Dr. Mraz? Why it looks we... like the lady that keeps notes. Maybe she's got something in there that might point us in the direction of why she would try and do anything. We don't have access to her phone, unfortunately. We don't have access to Joe's phone. So, computers okay. are next easiest thing. All right. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Can I try to uh, to access her computer? Yeah, roll computer science. Or second. I'll roll, roll comp science. That is a 18 out of 82. And a, uh, a definite success. Yeah, so you're you're able to crack in. And uh, Emily, does Victor find anything? Uh, I would say that she finds definitely, like, uh, if she, he goes to the browser history, he finds, like, research that I've been doing about um, uh, just the case in general. Uh, also doing Google searches on everybody. Uh, and uh, most recently, uh, Agent Honey and seeing if there was anything on him. Uh, he would find the start of my manuscript, uh, which, if read, is complete gibberish. Interesting. In what, in what way? Gibberish in what way? It's indecipherable. Is it sensical words in a nonsensical order, or just nonsense? No, it is... It is uh, it, they seem to be made-up words. She was really down the rabbit hole. Cool. Wow. I mean, is there a possibility that I could um, look at this and try and crack some kind of code using SIGINT? Uh, Emily, can you shoot me a, a message and let me know if that would work or not? Uh, yeah, I'll shoot it to you right now. Yeah. Just so that way I know if, if even it's appropriate to make the roll. Okay, I sent it. Thank you. Uh, Victor, roll, instead of SIGINT, roll unnatural. Unnatural, Okay. So I think you have um, a little bit in there at this point. Yeah, I have a little bit. Not a lot. Um, it's not a cult. It's a, wow. It is. That is a 16 so out of 10. 16 out of 10. Close. close. You have no idea what this is. It just, it, you try to find some kind of cipher or you, you kind of run it through the various, like very simple elementary ciphers that other people have used to encrypt their work. Um, and it's just, nothing is making sense. Like maybe these are actual words just in a language you can't understand. Uh, but Nothing, nothing's clicking. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. It almost seems like if you had to take a stab, it almost seems reverential, like a prayer or a song. Uh, is it anything that either me or Sarah has seen before? No. Okay. Well. But you, knowing what you know of the program, you've just identified a potential. Yeah. Yeah. On her uh, computer? No, her. Both. I. We should delete this fucking file. Wipe the computer if you have. No, no. Why? Because if we need Krantz to remove Emily, this is a goddamn good reason for him to do it. It's not going to be him who's removing her. What does that even mean? I have full authority in this case. Wait, what the fuck? Are you saying what I think you're saying? Yeah. I am. She's shown herself to be a threat in more than one way. 
And if she's going to be spreading it, if she's going to be spreading it, then yeah. Okay. Wait, do you have authority to kill me? You haven't shown yourself to be a threat, Victor. That's not exactly the answer to me. I think that's. I don't want to kill you. Kranz never told me kill anybody. No offense, Victor, but come on. Okay, okay. You could ruin someone's life in a different way, but I'm just the um, definite. You're a lot of things, and I like you, but you're not a fighter. So, uh, what do we do now? Sleep, obviously. Sleep. No one goes near the house. No one answers locked go, calls. Go to uh, go to talk to Joe? Wait, oh, oh, we still have to do what we came here to do. We do. I think the current situation take precedence. That house yeah. has been there for a hundred years. It's not going anywhere. Unless someone else buys it or goes into it, they have to go into it to trigger its effects, or at least be near it. And those neighbors know not to do not to do anything. We'll deal with that if the time comes. Yeah. Well, inter inter team issues has to come first. So how do we get Joe back? We have to wait on the system, unfortunately, unless Krantz does something, or if she called Krantz, or if she calls her lawyer. Either of them, really. Can we bail her out? I would depend on how they're charged. We should try and get them both back. Right? We need to get them both back. We can't let them stay there, unfortunately. Well, we need to get Dr. McCarthy back, because y'all want to, you're friends with her, or whatever. But we need to get Dr. Mraz back so that we can take care of her. That's part of our job. So, we'll have to see what they're charged with and what's the terms if they're being held in terms of bail. I don't, I don't, personally, Sonia doesn't know anything about the U.S. justice system and how this shit works. Yeah, so it's essentially what's going to happen is they're going to be arraigned. Uh, they can be held for... for probably 24 hours. I'm not like, it varies from state to state, uh, but they probably won't be arraigned until day after next. So they may be staying, sitting in jail for a little bit, uh, but once they're arraigned and formally charged, um, they uh, bail will be set at which point someone can pay that bail uh, or they, you know, they go to a bail bondsman, pay 10% and then they're out on bail until they have to make their next appearance in court. All right. Can you can you really get like bail when you're out of state? Uh, yeah. So they'll they'll you're essentially on a on a trust system, right? Like, really, like unless they think that you're a flight risk, uh, they're gonna make you they're gonna make you stick around. They're gonna tell you you have to stick around, and if you leave, you've jumped bail, and at that point, you're they're gonna put a warrant out for your arrest, and then you're fucked. So you you go get out on bail, but they don't let you. They you can't, still can't leave the state. No, you cannot leave the state. And if you do, yeah, then then you're then you're fleeing, and then uh, usually that's when people like Sarah come after you. Yeah, and out of character, from what we know, Emily might be facing more of the charge because yeah, she she's already facing a. Um, uh, I looked it up. She's already facing a uh, weapons charge, which can get her three to five years in prison at a minimum. But that's what I'm saying. That like Emily's really in trouble, whereas Joe was just she was well. So until like they're, the reason they're probably going to hold them for. And and you'll find if you guys want to find this out in game, like let's we, we should role play it. But um, yeah, you can hold somebody for for a period of time to conduct your investigation and find out what's what. So they they may end up charging Joe, Joe with attempted murder 
uh, or they may end up letting her go if they determine that she's a victim in this case. Because right now, they still have nothing to indicate who's who's who except two contradictory stories. And there's no camera inside of the uh, unit. There is, but there is on the outside, and we know who was running from who. Yeah, she was running from me with a gun in my gun in her hand. Yeah, but you were chasing her. That doesn't make sense if you were a victim. Well, we'll see. Right, what like happens. if somebody if somebody fires a shot at you, and then runs away. If you're an actual victim, you stay uh, where you are. Of an attempted murder, you're not gonna cha- you're not gonna chase them down. That's crazy. That's crazy. You will see. So do we want to, um, do you all want to continue discussing or do you want to pick up with the next day? Uh, I think Lukash is not going to be able to do anything else. Today. He needs to go to bed. Yeah. Sarah okay. too. At this point, she's been up and she's been stressed. Okay. All right. Victor, what about you? Y'all are going to have a hell of a hangover. Um, yeah, surprisingly, uh, when you guys see Victor the next morning, uh, you would think that he would be like barely able to stand, but um, he looks he looks about the same as he always does. Lukash looks like shit. He's wearing two pairs of sunglasses, one on top of the other. Let's pick up with Joe and Emily. Uh, do you all just kind of we can start with the evening before? If there's anything you want to do that night, or pick up with the next morning? Um, well, like I said, I would have contacted my high priced lawyer, uh, who should be on a flight uh, out to Jersey now from Chicago. Um, and would I have been able to get a third call, or would they, they have cut me off? They probably would have cut you off. Okay. So, I mean, since we're in separate holding, uh, she'll just kind of be spending the night uh, kind of, you know, keeping an eye on things, and, um, you know, there's not much she can do. All right. With regard to your lawyer, how high price are we talking? I mean, she comes from money. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, she, she, and I mean, she, she's, and I'm in my, specifically in my backstory, she works in like the Gold Coast. Like she, she works in like a more affluent area of Chicago. Like, so her clientele are also, uh, you know, affording her a certain lifestyle. Um, so I would say, you know, as high prices as possible without it being a corporate lawyer. Um, and, you know, depending on what bail would be, uh, I think she could also make that. Okay. Got it. Okay. She's the breadwinner in that house. She's. Yep. Um, all right, Joe, what about you? Joe has a very rough night. <laughs> um, I mean, she's probably still pretty much in shock the entire time. She's planning on just kind of waiting to feel out what goes on tomorrow as far as what Krantz needs to do to get their asses covered before she makes any step towards lawyers. So she's just kind of hanging out and waiting and not sleeping well. And yeah, not a good night for her. All right. So real quick, what I would like you to do is both of you run me through whatever story you would give to the detectives who interview you the next morning. And we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Emily this time. Yeah. I mean, it would be the same one. Um, uh, Emily was brought on as a consultant to help, uh, uh, you know, uh, anal- analyze uh, uh, the uh, mental state of uh, Agent Donnelly um, and brought on as a consultant with uh, Joe. She wouldn't mention the others, but she would mention Joe um, and her agency um, and that they've worked together on several p- previous occasions. They have had a great report over the year, uh, over the past few months. Uh, 
she would mention that her boyfriend is also Chicago PD, so she is trained to have a gun. Uh, she unfortunately was ignorant of the law um, and puts, you know, uh, kind of maybe jokingly a bit, puts it on her, her boyfriend, not reminding her, her fiance. Um, but otherwise, uh, the, the incident in question, she was, uh, her gun was taken by Joe. Uh, Joe fired off two or three rounds. She can't remember, but she remembers she uh, fired at least one as a warning shot once she retrieved the gun back from her. Um, Joe took it and began to ran. Uh, Emily began to run after her, um, trying to, uh, in the heat of the moment, try to figure out what was happening. She wanted to call uh, the police, uh, but was unable to because the police were already there having heard the gunshots. Um, but she definitely was uh, intending on planning on calling them. Okay. And Joe? Yeah, I'd say mostly the same thing that she told the original detective. Um, I think she's going to lean into, you know, once we got there and we saw that coffin, I'm starting to wonder if we weren't brought on by the family at all, if there's something else going on here, if Agent Donnelly wasn't off his rocker a little bit, kind of leaning into, like, she's not entirely sure what that business is about. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, reiterating that they went there, she went inside the unit, and then... Dr. Mraz fired at her um, two or three, maybe even four rounds. They scuffled for the gun. She got it away. At first, she just told her to get on the ground, put her hands up, but Emily charged her. She fired one shot, missed, and then decided to just run because she heard sirens, so she ran towards the police, immediately disarmed herself, and got on the ground when she saw them. Um, Yeah, and I think she would mention the others that are here because she's assuming that that's going to be found out anyway might as well tell them (laughs) so she is going to mention sarah victor and lukash are also here as part of the um inquest into agent donnelly's death and they have their own experience with dr mraz if you want to verify anything there and then also leaning on her expertise as far as like you know analyzing the gun residue gunpowder residue or whatever you can probably figure out how many shots were fired and who fired where, all that business is probably going to lean into that some as well. Okay. Awesome. Um, You all are are informed that you will be arraigned the following morning, more than likely, in court, uh, and bail will be set. So you still have have a a day to cool your heels in this this cell. That's good. Jail have visitors? You can try. Yeah, I mean, would be, I, I don't, and again, I, th- I know, it, I think it varies from state to state, but I, I don't know if you can have them before. Probably not, but. Yeah. Badges. Oh, but you are, you are, yeah, you've got, you've got a badge, so. Yep. So, okay. So if we have this extra day to cool our heels, could we make additional phone calls? Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call my fiance. Okay. Hello. Tony, it's uh, it's uh, Emily. Hey, um, what's uh, what number is this? Uh, it is uh, it's a New Jersey number. Um, uh, I was brought on a case, and there was an incident, and I am currently being held. And we- you're cur- you're fucking what, Emily? What happened? I, I brought my gun, and they're putting me up on, on weapons charges. Jesus Christ, Emily. 
listen, I, I need I need your help here. I've got my lawyer coming out on a flight on a red eye, but I need whatever strings you could pull, whatever help you could pull. I, I this is I'm in way over my head right now, and I, I just need you right now. I can't I can't intervene. I could lose my fucking job. I mean, you got your lawyer coming out. That's the best thing you could have absolutely done is call your lawyer. And she's going to be out there? She's on her way. She said she's taking a red eye. All right, well, that's... Uh, Emma's the best thing you can do at this point, but I, I can't... I, I can't it, it, it intervene. That's... Emma, I'll get fired. I, I'm sorry. I just... I, I needed some help. I mean, I'll do what I can. I'll be a character witness if I have to. I mean, what are they charging you with? Like I said, weapons. The they I brought my 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 Glock across state lines. Oh god damn it! Oh, I thought I told. Okay, it, it's fine. It's either here or there. All right. Look, just don't answer any more questions. Don't talk to him without your lawyer, and just let me know when bail is set, and I'll I'll send some money. I'll try to get I'll try to help. All right. Just keep your head down, okay? All right. We'll get we'll get through this, Sam. I love you. I love you too. All right. Um. Just uh, just uh, if my if my dad, my father calls, if my mother calls, just uh, let them know that I'm okay. I will. I will just call again when you can. Let me know what's going on, or have your lawyer call. Better yet. All right, I'll have her call. Don't say don't say anything to anyone on any open lines without your lawyer. They're listening. Got it. All right. We'll talk soon, okay, babe. Bye. And I do that thing where I hang up, like I'm kind of like you know, uh, kind of like trying to be uh, pull some sympathy from him. But as soon as I hang up, I just kind of like roll my eyes and like start to head back to my cell. Joe, do you make any other calls? Yeah, I think at this point she calls Sarah or or Zakata. Probably Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sarah, you're getting a phone call. Is it a blocked number? <laughs> no, it comes up as a Jersey number. Well, and I take it. Hello, Sarah speaking. Hey, it's me. I'm going to need you to say where you are right now and what your name, full name is. This is Dr. Josephine McCarthy. I'm currently being held at the police station. I'm in jail, Sarah. Okay. Dr. Mraz tried to kill me last night. So just giving you the rundown there. We went to the unit because we got that key. There's a fucking coffin in there. I have no idea what that's about. Police are looking into it. I'm starting to think that Agent Donnelly was into something that we weren't informed about. You you think he could be completely off his rocker? That's what I'm thinking. But look, I gave them your names. They're going to find you out anyway. If they come with questions, just answer them. I don't know what to do about Dr. Mraz. Well... Try to be there for when they set bail. If you want us there. Yeah, sure. Just, yeah. Just want we'll to do what we can. I'll see you when I see you then. Yeah. Is this an, um, never mind. We'll see you, Joe. Or we'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to hang up. Yeah, Sarah very well knows those lines aren't secure. Yeah, that's where she was trying to get ahead and be like, this is what I told them. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, then I look at the ads and I'm like, um, our story, well, out of character, our story was that they were investigating for the family, correct? We, we could go do that. We could do this in character as well. 
Okay. Yeah. Like that sounds like a conversation that we should probably have. Yeah. Before the police come to speak to us. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at um, Sarah. We'll look at Victor and um, Lukash. Like our story is that we were looking on this on behalf of the family. Who's left? Uh, if did Donnelly have any other family? Anyone remember? I I can look up. Please do. Then we need some okay. basis of like who could have asked us to investigate and why. Yeah. Um... We also need to go over some some basics because there's a couple of mistakes that were almost made last night. We are persons of interest now. I don't know how interesting we are to them, but we will be looked into, which means they're going to be watching us. Mm -hmm. When stuff like this happens, the reason that most people get caught is because they panic and they start moving shit around. Don't move anything. Don't move yourself. Don't move stuff you want to hide. Because when you go to the hiding spot to move it, that's when they find out where it is. Don't move mm-hmm. anything. It's suspicious. Don't answer any questions. Just be calm. Alright. We still gotta figure out. We don't need to actually... We didn't do anything. We weren't there when the shots were fired. It's the literally between Dr. Mraz and Josephine. The problem is we do need Joe back, and we do need to deal with Dr. Mraz. If they ask you any questions, like, what are we doing looking into this... Just don't answer. You don't have to answer those. We're not under arrest. And we had nothing to do with whatever happened between. So we go break them out of jail? Wait, we We are off on burning it down now? We can't burn it off. Burn it down. What are we going to burn down? The jail. It's standard procedure. I would burn down the house, but we're not getting anywhere near the house right now. I'm all for burning down the house. If we could have like a like, like, dig up the house from its foundations, destroy it completely. That'd be nice, but we can't. I I think there is something different going on here. I I think there is something in that house from that house. Maybe if we can destroy destroy that, we can remove curse. Maybe maybe Donnelly was right. Maybe we just we we need to deal with body of child. I don't know if the child's the point, the part, the problem. There were there were people living there before the child. The first resident was Isabel. Also, those remains, they're going to be difficult to get to now. Yeah. I, I really, sorry, um, Victor, but I really don't think it's the child. I think it's the first residents of the house. I think we we looked up to... Um, we do, we know Divatello has something to do with it. She was in she was up to her neck in the witchcraft um, occult shit. She was there were pets missing, probably sacrifices made. We just don't know how to reverse it. So maybe we go to a cemetery, dig up many bodies, burn them all. It's still it's not the bodies though, Victor. It's the house. Let's burn the house. They tried that already. No? They did. They tried that. We it didn't, didn't work. We didn't try it. Increased it, um, according to Donnelly's notes. It didn't work. Yeah, a thing that somebody did that somebody else heard about. I haven't tried to burn that house down, and I would really like All right. Okay, so, yes, I'm for destroying the house. Thing is, while the house is not interested in its neighbors, it will still use them. We learned this from Marianne, the neighbor next door. What do you Her mean use them? Her husband woke up when priests tried to burn the uh, burn the house down, and mm-hmm. called the and 
called the police, the fire department, to save the house. Okay, well then a couple of their neighbors die. It's not about the neighbors, it's about them stopping the destruction of the house. That's what I'm more concerned about. If we have, It would have to be done very quickly, very decisively, but we don't have the tools and the materials to do that right now. And houses, fires take time. Could someone buy the property, keep it off the market, and then use that to legally destroy it? Raise it, basically. That's I not don't a bad idea. I don't have any fucking money, Sarah. Um, I work for the government. The only one who did have money is currently in jail. And as soon as she gets out of jail, she's not going to be on our team anymore. Well, <clears throat> okay. I admit, uh, Emily and I have not always seen eye to eye, but uh, how do we know that this was not something that the house did to her? She's a vector now. Yeah, vector. you know it, Victor. Matter. The book, the her manuscript, quote unquote. It doesn't matter if the house did it. It matters. How do we know it. that um, Joe is telling truth? Maybe Joe is the one who started who started this after all. Maybe. It doesn't matter. Emily is a vector. She needs to be gotten rid of. Whatever happened between the two of them, I don't really give a shit. Never did. Can I so hint? Can I inside check Victor? Can I? I'm gonna inside check you, like human. Okay, yeah, um, roll, roll human. Twenty nine and twenty one. Damn it. Nope. Yeah, so close. We so, get rid of things like this. That is our job. That is what we so do. Everybody else who uh, spends too much time in this. Every owner has yes. Everyone who's lived in that house. Yeah. Who Emily wants more than anything else to spend time in that house, right? What are you getting at, Victor? Bad idea, Victor. Maybe that is a problem that takes care of itself. Or maybe it makes the house stronger. Yeah. Maybe it uses her. To take care of each other doesn't always work out. The problem, yeah. The issue with that is we don't know what exactly the house does and what it does with the people that had died in it. True. We don't know what vector Emily is also true and we don't know why her being in this town triggered it you want to see something done you need to do it precisely but if we give her to the house I think we're giving the house another weapon to use against us yeah I think we all know what we need to do we're just pussyfooting around it I'm not I'm just trying to figure out a way to get her alone so I can do it she doesn't know that we know anything true we're alone around her all... Trying to figure out a way to do it where we don't get put in jail. That one's a little trickier. Yeah. That's what I was really considering. Because I do want to go back to my actual... My actual official job after this. This is your official job now. You know that, right? You may get paid by the U.S. Marshals. But these people own you now. Fucking From cunts. the minute they laid eyes on you. They own you Sarah just looks at Lukash. It's not much different than being owned by the U.S. military. Whose room are you all in? Sarah's, maybe? Probably. There's a knock on the door. Yeah, I looked at the peephole. It is uh, Police Chief Michael Buffington. I open the door. Morning, ma'am. Morning. My name is uh, Michael Buffington. I'm the Chief of Police for Meadowbrook. Uh, you Sarah Shockervorty? Yes. Can I help you? 
I uh, just wanted to let you know that two of your counterparts were arrested uh, late last night outside the Meadowbrook store. At, uh, Dr. Mraz and uh, Dr. McCarthy. I just received a call, yes. I was wondering if, uh, if you had a few minutes for me to just maybe talk to you a bit about them. I'm just trying to get a handle on what actually happened out there. They're both both claiming they one tried to kill the other, and it's, uh, as you can imagine, it's a little bit of a nightmare trying to make sense of what actually went down. I'm not sure of how much help I'm going to be, considering we weren't there, but sure. All right. I'm guessing uh, that's Agent Honey and Mr. McKaylov. I look at the others. Morning, gentlemen. Mm. Hello. You uh, mind if I come in? Talk to y'all real quick? No, be our guest. He steps inside. So, uh, would y'all mind telling me what exactly it is you're doing here in Meadowbrook? I know both uh, Dr. McCarthy and Dr. Mraz mentioned that I'd do with Mr. Donnelly, but sorry, Agent Donnelly. Five people for uh, an informal inquiry seems a little unusual. As unusual it might be, it, it did happen. It's It was something we were looking into, but um, unfortunately we can't really divulge details. The family was just very, um, they just wanted to know more. Yeah, they just wanted to know more. You know how it is, like, suicide is always suspected of being more. Unfortunately, it seems like two of our members kind of had it out with each other. All due respect, man, we're not talking about a slap fight. We're talking about two women trying to shoot each other to death. Mm. I understand that there were shots fired. Do we know exactly who did what? Honestly, man, that's why I'm here talking to you three. I'm trying to figure out exactly what happened or what predicated it. But uh, going back to your original point, I, I understand discretion is important. And if you're here at the request of the family, that's... Fine, but if this is an informal investigation, this is something that you're doing off the books, and there is no privileged information here. You understand that, right? I don't know what to say. Yeah, the information is not legally privileged, but it is of a personal nature, and I can't see how it has anything to do with this at all. Well, no, it's fair. I just got five out-of-towners in Meadowbrook. After an agent just killed himself, also an out-of-towner. Two of those out-of-towners just tried to kill themselves. Or kill each other. So, just a little nervous is all. Want to know if there's some federal investigation going on in my backyard that I need to be aware of. This is not a federal investigation. Yeah, that's not what this is. Alright. What do you think happened? Honestly, I don't fucking know. I, uh... I got one person saying they shot at the other and then took the gun away. I got the other person saying the exact same thing in reverse. The only thing we got is video footage from the exterior of the, of the store with Dr. Mraz chasing Dr. McCarthy, and Dr. McCarthy's got the gun. You ever know a lot of uh, people who get shot at and chase after someone afterwards? Well, let's just say I'm thinking the same thing you are. But still a lot of uh, inconsistencies here. There's never even... So that's without mentioning the fucking body of an eight-year-old boy in that storage container. What? There's a... The body in the storage container. Why was there a body in the storage container? Oh, I was hoping that was something you all could tell me, too, since you were looking at the death of 
Arthur Donnelly. Did they kill a boy? Uh, the boy had been dead for some time. The local child named Anton Ture died back in the 70s. All right. That's... And with a 70 out of 50, he believes it. Very peculiar crime. Batch it. Grave robbery, yeah. Now it's... Now it's... Un- I guess I'm not too surprised the guy offed himself at this point. Can I... Do you want my opinion, sir? Uh, sure, why not? I mean, I know it doesn't count for much legally, but I've been working with the two of them for a few days now. Enough to get a bit of a read. Dr. McCarthy is a pussycat. She wouldn't fire a gun at anything unless she had to. Dr. Mraz, on the other hand, that woman's a snake. She's a viper. She's got teeth. Mr. Mikhailov, Deputy Marshal Shockervorty, is that an assessment you two agree with? I look at Victor. Victor's scared as shit to say anything. <laughs> she calmly looks back at the chief and she says, I've worked with her longer than Lugash has. She is very, very good with her words. He nods and says, uh, She carries a weapon for a reason. She pretty much admitted to it in her interview, so that's, uh, She's always looking at three to five years for that. Out of character. I'm not carrying a weapon, but I have weapons. That's okay for a federal agent. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, federal agent, you are free and clear. All right. He looks between you all and says, is there any other context you can provide about them, about any motive Dr. Mraz or Dr. McCarthy might have had? Honestly, I think we're all as curious about what kicked this off as you are. Yeah. They they got along. Yeah, they got they got a, got along well. As More much so as I can yeah, as much as I can say that Dr. Moraz gets along with anybody. They didn't have any problems as far as I was aware. Yeah, that might have been a, um a play on Dr. Moraz's part, but I don't know. She had to get close to someone in the group. All right. Well, uh, I hope you'll understand if I ask that y'all remain around town for the next couple days, at least until we get this sorted out. Understood. Yeah. Okay. We were going to leave because we're pretty much wrapping up here. We will stay until you give us the go ahead. I appreciate that. If you need me to put a word in with your supervisors, let me know. Uh, I'll be more than happy to make that phone call, but uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And Sarah nods at him. Uh, Lukash extends a hand for a handshake. Chief reaches out, takes it. I'll, uh, I'll leave my contact information with y'all, and he gives you his card. And give me a ring if you think of anything, all right? Of course. And Sarah will walk him out of the room. Hey, just before I leave, Donnelly, mm. what was the deal with the house? Have y'all figured that out yet? No. Oh, fair enough. But it is. Shrugs your shoulders. It's weird. Yeah, that's a word. Weird's a word. For a situation. It's stories, right? It's small town. People like to talk. I've only been on the job here for a year, and I've heard musings, I guess you could call them, but yeah. Yeah, weird. weird's a good word. Have a good day. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, you too. All right. He takes his leave. 
And I think Victor just looks at both of you guys and says, is that what you mean by not telling anything to the cops? Yep. Emily is fucking crazy and they fight uh, or they don't fight. I'm confused. Yeah, you don't say anything important. If you don't say anything at all, it's suspicious. But I didn't really answer any of his questions. He gave us his opinions and we echoed it back at him. Yeah. He was looking okay. for an excuse to put Emily on, to throw Emily under the bus. And I was making sure Dr. McCarthy didn't go with her. We need to get Joe out of there as quickly as possible. So, you, as you all know, that the arraignment probably won't be until the next morning. So, what all do you have uh, on the docket for the day? Is there anything you wanted to get done? So, I wanted to uh, try and check up on some of the things that we were chasing down before all this happened. One sure. of it was... We had contacted the um, uh, the person, uh, Elizabeth Tucker, who was the antique dealer. Yes, yep. And she was trying to track down information on an armoire and end table. She was. Uh, I forget who she was going to follow up with, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't fixed. No, it was probably, I, I can't remember who she gave her contact information to, or if you guys exchange contact information, but we can say you all have her number and she has yours. Okay. Yeah, we should check out and check her up. See right. How see how she's doing. Because, I mean, that's the sort of thing that I'm saying, you know, it, it might be, it might be something that's not in the house or it might be part of the house, but whatever it is. Okay. Probably the other thing to do would be um, seriously, to like go to the county records and look up information where the original what uh, original people, uh, the Wheelers and uh, Devatellos, uh, what happened to them, where they're buried. We don't know that, unfortunately. We know where the Wheelers are, I think, but we don't know where the Devatellos are because they left, and then we can't find anything about them afterwards. We did a check. Yeah, I think we left. Yeah, we did. Can I also, um, Sarah would like to like check to see how expensive the house is. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, that, that'd be easy enough. Um, it would be an extreme expense, the equivalent of an extreme expense. And Delta Green does reimburse though, right? Not for that. They won't. Yep. The yeah, that's a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Cannot afford that shit. As far as the other stuff, yeah, the Divatellos were a absolute black hole. Um, apart from the information that you all were able to find at the Meadowbrook Sparrow in the newspaper archives, that is literally it. Um, part of that might just be due to the you know how long ago they were around, uh, you know, before information was digitized and regularly archived. Uh, but you are able to identify the Wheelers are buried in local cemeteries. Yeah, I mean, I I think that. So, like, doing a, a, lo a search of the local cemetery records is not going to turn up any head headstones that say Divatello on them. Uh, we'll say you spend most of the morning into the mid-afternoon doing that, and you're not able to find anything. Okay. I mean, the main thing I wanted to accomplish today was to find out about the antique people. Okay. Yeah. Um, are right. you going to follow yeah. up with, with uh, Elizabeth Tucker? Yeah. Uh, you you guys want me to call or? I can call. It's fine. Oh, you if you want to call, it's fine. It's, it's okay. I 
I am not big on antiques, you know. Just a bunch of old shit. Well, yeah, we'll call her. Okay. Okay, so you call uh, Elizabeth Tucker? Yeah. Uh, AntiqueTracker.com, how can I help you? Uh, Miss Tucker? Oh, yes, hi, how are you? Hi, we were just checking in, seeing how the search is going. Oh, this is, uh, is this uh, uh, Miss Shakravorty? Yes. Yeah, actually, I was able to get a lead on two of the items. You were? Yeah, I haven't been able to reach out to the owners yet, but uh, I was able to track down two. Only one is in the local area. Okay. Which one, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, looks like the end table. All right. Um, where is it, if you don't mind me asking? Like, who has it? So, uh, Emily Harrison, she's uh, 77. She purchased it at the estate sale back in 56. She's right on the other side of Meadowbrook. Still in town. Oh, yeah. Would she be... What's her disposition, if you don't mind me asking? Do you sweet, know? Sweet enough old lady. Yeah, I don't see why she'd have any issues talking to you. Okay. Um, yeah, she just bought it because she needed an end table and everything? Well, that I didn't really get into. All I was able to confirm is that she had bought it back in 56, and it's been in her house ever since. Okay. Would you like, uh, would you like her contact information? That would be wonderful. Thank you, Miss Tucker. She'll provide that to you and an address. You're feeling all right, right? Who, me? Yes, you. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling feeling fine. Why do you ask? Just don't... Whatever you do, don't make sure you don't get near the house on Spooner Ave. I'll say no more. I have no interest in going anywhere near that place. Stay as far away as you can. That's all, I think, though. Um... Thank you for your time and for your help. So sure. The other items were not local? No. I'm still working on tracking those down. Uh, I believe the only two that I was able to get any kind of fix on were the piano and the armoire, and I'm still trying to find where exactly those are at. Well, if you do find those, please let us know. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, don't... Um, I, if you need my contact information, I guess just just give it to you again. Sure, that'd be great. Yeah, I give her my phone number. Okay. And yeah, that's it. All right. You hang up and you now have the address and phone number for Emily Wheeler. Or not Wheeler. Harrison. Emily Harrison. Yeah. Do we want to go check that out? May as well. I At this point, uh, it's either that or go back to the house. Or we could go to the bar again. You two can go to the bar so long as y'all don't go back to the house. I'm taking. Oh, we gotta get your car back from the bar. Fuck. We can leave it there for a bit. So yeah, Sarah, Lukash, and Victor, you all make your way to the other side of Meadowbrook to the home of Emily Harrison. And uh, yeah, who makes the approach? Uh, Lukash definitely wouldn't. Victor will will doesn't mind. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we knock on the the door of this this old lady's house. Yeah, she answers the door. Just kind of a pretty unassuming older woman. Uh, definitely mid to late seventies. Uh, short gray hair, kind of neatly kempt around her head, and uh, kind of has that hunched look to her. Like you know, age has gotten up to her and has bowed her back just a bit. And she looks at you all and says, "So." Hi, good, uh, good afternoon. How can I help you? 
Uh, hello, my name is uh, Victor. Uh, I am uh, I am uh, antique collector from Russia. Oh my goodness, from from Russia, you say? Yes, I uh, I understand you have very special people. If maybe for is possible to. Oh, oh, uh, I'm not sure I have anything that, that that valuable to bring you all the way from Russia, but uh, of course, was there? Well, I am I am in the states making per. Was there something you had in mind? Uh, something specific? I understand you have in table belong to, and I uh, pull out uh, the notebook with uh, Donnelly's notes on it, and I look through it and I go, uh, from uh, just pretending, uh, there's nothing actually written yep. there. Uh, from uh, Wheeler Estate. Oh, are, you're the ones who, uh, Elizabeth Tucker from, from here in Meadowbrook, she called about that just recently. Yes, exactly. She is working for me. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah, please come on in. Can I get you something to drink? Water, lemonade? Um, the... Do you have this American Coke? I I do. I can... I, it's diet. Is that okay? Okay, I take. All right. Come on in. Make yourselves at home. She'll get you a Coke and lead you over to uh, the living room. And she gestures to a... A uh, dark wooden end table in the corner on which rests a uh, a lamp. Uh, so there it is right there. I bought that in, oh, it had to have been, uh, my goodness, when was that? 1955, 1956, I think? Yeah, 1956. Um, oh, my. This is in in very nice condition. Do you mind if I look closer? Oh, please do. Yeah, t- take a look. Um, Do you mind if I move lamp? Oh no! Here, allow allow me, and she she moves it for you. I am I am just going to. I wish to look underside to see if uh, Mark from Maker is there. Well, you kind of don't have to because the top is marked. Ah, how is the top marked? It's an odd symbol. It's like a it's a triskelion, a triple spiral. Mm-hmm. Duh. I never really liked that symbol very much. I, that's why I kind of covered it up with doilies and everything. I mean, the table is well made. Just is it possible to rip off a sheet of paper and make a etching, a rubbing of the symbol? Is sure. It that kind of mark. Yeah, go for it. All right, I would, I would do that. Uh, do, do you mind if I? This is most interesting. I must uh, check this against archives. Oh, please, please do. This is a very, uh, very unique symbol. May uh, may increase value. Who knows? Oh, oh, really? As you uh, as you do that, you notice some of the slats are actually moving on what? the wood. The slats, like they can actually move. Oh, okay. It's not like they're moving on their no, own. No, no. It's okay. like as you as you set the paper down and start to rub the pencil over it, you notice some of the wood is moving beneath it. So the, the slots the slats of wood themselves are kind of misaligned, and you can move them. Is, is this like a puzzle? No, you can just mess with it. Okay, I'll make my my etching of the the rubbing of the the symbol, and then I'd like to say, oh, it's um these it's a bit loose here, um. And I'll move them around. Can I inspect? Can I see? Is there something underneath them? Or? Well, so as you do that, they, the slats in the wood actually open. And 
giving you access to the interior of the end of the end table. Oh, is this n- normal? Uh, how end table normally works? No, I've never done seen that before. I I honestly thought they were just loose. I that's why I just put a doily over it and put the lamp on it and left it. What what's inside? A bronze knife, small Ooh. and sharp. A bronze bowl, marked by the same triskelion on the exterior of the end table. It seems on initial examination to be clotted with dirt. And then a book. All three objects are lashed down with rotted leather ropes. Um, so I can see that. Do I think that she can see that those things are there? She is trying to look over your shoulder and kind of, she's being nosy uh, and kind of wants to see what's I going say, on. I say, oh no, it's, it's slides back together very easy. And can, I slide you, it back. Sarah, yeah, you can absolutely talk to her if you want. Yeah, um, like, while she was just looking for, like, she thought how striking the design was. I'm trying to, like, get her interested, like, getting her talking about her motive to buy it. About, so, um, you, you just needed an end table, and this was the perfect fit for your house? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, it uh, was well made, and just, it was something for cheap. It was at an estate sale, so we just bought it and had no reason to get rid of it ever since. Okay. Is there anything else in her house that I can use as a talking point? Absolutely, yeah. She's got like all sorts of trash keys around the house that you can use. Um, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, that's when I'll start to start the game. Oh, and that too, and then I'll start diverting her attention. Okay, yeah, and she's and she's all about having somebody to talk to and show off her stuff too. So, uh, Lukash is sticking very close to Victor. He's kind of like peering over his shoulder. Okay. Do I think I could get the items out? without her seeing. I'd say yeah. With with Lukash blocking you from view and with uh, Sarah distracting her, I'd say yeah. Alright, so I will take a chance and touch the items, which I think is a bad idea, but I don't think I could do it without, you know, like with a handkerchief or something like that. That'd be too obvious. So I grab the items and secret them away uh shit i don't wear like a jacket underneath my pants yeah you could you could probably you could probably do that like the front of my pants and put my my uh t-shirt over them well so so yeah trying to hide the bowl in your pants is probably gonna be a little difficult the knife easy enough and the the book probably you can probably put the small of your back um but the bowl may be a little bit more difficult okay what time of year is it it's june it's June, so yeah, we're. I, I... You can hand it. Lukash wears a jacket, I think. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll like try and slip it to Lukash. Are you wearing a jacket, Lukash? Yeah, he's probably. Um, he's probably wearing like a brown leather jacket. Okay. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, breaking it up between the, between the two of you. Yeah, you can you can secret it away. Okay. Uh, well, I will slide the slats back. I will walk back towards. Uh, uh, the the lady, uh, and I, I will say, Miss Harrison is uh, so nice of you to show this to me. I am going to take this back to our uh, researchers, have them look in the archives. Uh, how may I contact you? Oh well, uh, here let me give you uh, let me give you my phone number. Do you do you have a piece of paper or something? Or of course, I write on next to, and I'll write down her phone number next to the. Uh, rubbing. Yep, she is a Tia. No problem. Very good. Is is so nice to meet you. 
Ah. Okay, time to go. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you all too. You all have a great after a great rest of your afternoon. You as well. Thank you very much, ma'am. And we go back at the car and we go back to the hotel. <laughs> all right. Uh yeah. What is this? What is this yeah. diary? Yeah, what's thing? in this book? It is the diary of Isabel Wheeler, covering Ooh. the years of 1927 to 1955. Shit. Are you reading it? Mm, yes. You bet. All right. So the, the house on Spooner Avenue, as you all have determined, was built in 1907 by Michael Wheeler. Uh, brought his invalid wife, Isabel Wheeler, to die there. Uh, based on her entries, Wheeler was a dashing young man. He charmed, his, he charmed his way into a lucrative position, cutting gravestones for nearby communities. Um, his business expanded to specialty stonework. He did gargoyles, marble cuts, tiles, monuments, all that stuff you've established. Um Michael Wheeler had become a wealthy man, and he left a significant fortune behind after his death. Uh, Isabel never really wanted for anything but but really peace and to be free from her illness, and she remained in the Spooner Avenue house for another 46 years. Uh, but in 1926, she got her wish. Her pain and her ailments disappeared. Um, Isabel took to living with a foreigner, an Italian woman of considerable age named Adele DiVitello, who the neighbors called the crone. Uh, Divatello had worked as a, seam- a seamstress at the nearby sanitarium, but she was fired for practicing witchcraft. She was shunned by the town and, and barely subsisted until she came to Isabel Wheeler's house, who hired her to re-sew the drapes in all the rooms. Uh, but they soon grew inseparable. They were very close, very good friends. Um, and in the summer of 1926, Isabel made a complete recovery, um, which is, again, all everything you've established at this point. But based on the diary entries, um, Divatella was indeed practicing witchcraft. Uh, by the time she disappeared in 1955, even Isabel thought that she had to have been older than 100 years old. Um, based on what you saw, uh, or based on what you read, Adele Divatello had signed her life away to Laomo Nero, the Dark Man, in the summer of 1800 at age 18. She used Wheeler's ailment as leverage. And she wheeled her, she kind of just finagled and, and conned her way into the Spooner Avenue house and gained complete control over Isabel. Uh, first, she took away Isabel's pain and freed her from the disease that had left her bedridden for nearly a decade. And using dark magic, she put Wheeler's suffering behind the reflections at the Spooner Avenue house. Um, for 30 years, um, the crone lived in the Spooner Avenue house. And then as things quieted down, the inhabitants stopped interacting with the rest of the town. The town lost interest. The depression in World War II took off, and people kind of forgot about the crone and forgot about Isabel Wheeler. Uh, but in 1940, the crone, based on Isabel's diary entries, she consecrated the house to Nyarlath Otep, the secret name of the dark man, and had a room built for her nightly rituals. Uh, for 15 years, these rituals occupied the nights of the new moon. This culminated in the summer of 1955 when Loomo Nero himself appeared. He opened his book to Isabel Wheeler, who repented and refused to sign her name within it. Uh, the next day, the crone was gone and Isabel was alone. Soon she fell ill, and then this time from old age, and she wasted away over the period of a year. A private nurse from a local agency tried to care for her, but in 1956, she died at the age of 69. And that's it. Holy shit. All right. How do we deconsecrate it? There's a ritual in the book, and it is designed to summon the Dark Man, known by the name 
Nyarlathotep. And then there is a ritual for dismissing him. Um, how how else do we do we know this? This has has this come up before? No. How? What? Okay. How difficult does the ritual to dismiss him seem? So it's going to take you hours to study that ritual. We have okay. the time. We do have the time to figure it out now for uh, for after they get out, so we can just kind of do it and bounce. Okay. Do I, either of the rituals require sacrifice. The dismissal does. What kind? What kind? A human. Is it bad of me to state? Does the human have to be willing? No. Well, at least Emily's going to be helpful in one way, right? In one way. And that's where we'll end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to the Black Project Gaming Podcast. This has been Music from a Darkened Room, written by Dennis Detwiller for the Delta Green RPG. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash blackprojectgaming. We'd also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Join us again for our next session as the agents of working group Jackdaw continue their investigation into the house at 1206 Spooner Avenue. Until then, I'm Vince, your host and handler, with Brett as AFOSI Special Agent Lukash Honey, Cami as Dr. Josephine McCarthy, Doug as Victor Mikhailov, Jack as Dr. Emily Moraz, and Sonia as Deputy U.S. Marshal Sarah Chakravorty. Thank you and good night.